This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Amen and amen. You may have a seat. Thank you so much for taking part in worship. Let me share that what, what, what worship is, is worship isn't just a concert where we come and sing songs just so that we can enjoy the the sound but it's so that we can prepare our hearts to receive what God has for us to receive during the word today amen amen and amen praise the Lord (laughs) yeah right amen I'm excited that you're here today uh, what a great week we had last week. What a, another great week we're going to have today. If you're new with us today, I'm so thankful that you're here and that you've chosen to worship with us. My name is Pastor Chris, and I'd love to meet you after church. Um, but we're so thankful and blessed that, that you've, uh, again, chosen to worship. We have a special day today because we have people who, who are, who are going to be joining the church. We have three different people who are going to be set forth in ministry. Now, that is one of the coolest honors, I think, that I have to be able to, to take somebody who, who wants to go through the licensure process within the, the church of God. And then as a church body, we can get behind them and support them and set them forth in a ministry. And then, praise God, we have nine people being baptized. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Listen, I really hope that that excites you as as much as it does me. I'm telling you, to be baptized is a public proclamation that that I've changed my life, that I'm not the same that I once was, that God has made me new, that I'm a new person. Even if I've been baptized before and life just hit me sideways and I just want to, again, rededicate my life to Christ and say that I am not the man that I used to be and I'm changing my life and that he is the Lord and I'm going to serve Christ with everything I have. That's what this is about. How awesome is that, that we have nine people today that are going to be taking part of that. Amen. So we're in this series called Guarding the Gates, and it's been a series that's kind of been in my heart for a while, and, and we're, 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 we're going to take our time, and, and I really don't want to say, hey, this is going to be this many weeks, right? I really want us to take our time and really dive into this and talk about this because I think this is instrumental in, with our relationship with Christ. Because if we are to be the man or the woman that God has called us to be, then we've got to guard our life in such a way that the world doesn't get in, but everything that comes in is of God so that everything that comes out is of God. Amen? So we must guard our heart and guard our mind in Christ Jesus. So we're in this message, and, and, and here's what the enemy does, right? He knows our weaknesses. He knows exactly where we're maybe not as strong in. He, he knows exactly what makes us tick. And so what does the enemy do? He pokes and he prods in those areas to get us to act and to do in such a way that's contrary to what the word of God says. Which is why it's so important to guard the gate to your heart and guard the gate to your mind and guard the gate to your words and your actions and your emotions. And I feel that because we're talking about this, because we're making it real in the next couple weeks or, how, or, or however long it will be, I think because of that, the attack is going to be intentional against us to try to get us to let our guard down. Which is why it's so important to keep the guard up. Let me tell you what the enemy is after. He's after your heart. 
Let me tell you what the world is after. The world is after your heart. And I'm telling you what the Bible tells me is it tells me that I'm called to be different. I'm called to be set apart. I'm not called to be of the world. So the world can tell me anything they want. But that's not what I listen to. I listen to the voice of God speaking through me so that I can be the witness, the lighthouse that he's called us to. And because he's out for us, because he's out for relationships, he's out for marriages. He wants to destroy the bond, the covenant between a husband and a wife. He's trying to destroy children. And we know that we have to, as parents and as grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins, that we have to guard our hearts so that the example that we set for our children is one that when they, raise, when they are raised up and when they grow up, that they've hidden Christ down in their heart. I watched a video just yesterday and it broke my spirit. It broke me. It broke me, man. But a church in China where we have on average, America has two Bibles per home. And they literally hurt to have one in an entire household. One within grandparents and parents. And, and, and So what do they do? They memorize it on pieces of paper. Because if they get caught with a Bible, they get put in jail. If they get caught with pieces of paper with the words of God on it, that they get put in jail. And, and the, the person preaching asked them, doesn't that bother you? I mean, does it? She, she, she said, no. It doesn't. Because Jesus is all that I have. And he means everything to me. And so he did this Bible lesson and he passed out Bibles to the whole group and this one lady gave her Bible to somebody else and, and he noticed that while he was doing the lesson she recited the entire chapter word for word and after the, the, the lesson was over he goes to her and says I, I, I noticed that you memorized an entire chapter she's like I have memorized a lot of them he's like how, do, how did you do that she said, well, in jail, you have a lot of time. Well, don't they take your Bible away? Yes, but people bring the words of God on pieces of paper. Well, if you get caught, don't they take those away too? She says, yes, but that's why I have to memorize it. Because I have his word hidden in my heart. And it can me in that moment because how many Bibles do I have just in my office right and there's people that day after day after day read the scriptures and memorize them so that when situations come up in their life beyond their control and when Satan is out to attack their heart and attack their mind and try to convince them that they're not enough and try to tell them that you're not going to make it they're not going to give in to the temptation why because the word of God has been hidden inside their heart Amen. We have to do that as well. You know, we started two weeks ago about the heart because Proverbs chapter 4 tells us that above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because everything you do flows from it. Every single thing you do. Scripture clearly teaches us that the issues of life are spiritual and, and what really matters is the heart, the inner man. And it's why in the King James, the word heart is used 963 times because it is that important. And these numbers suggest that the heart is a prominent concept that God wants to make sure that we get. 
Last week, we began talking about the mind, and the mind is so complex, we're going to need a few weeks to really talk about it. We talked about aligning our mind with his, and to do that, we must get back in church. Online is great, and if you're watching online, thank you for joining us today, but there's something about being with each other and being in the house of God. There's nothing that can replace that. There's nothing that can replace that. So I'm thankful that we have the technology to share the gospel across the world. But I'm also thankful for the opportunity that we can come inside the house of God without persecution. That we can worship him. We talked about how people feel disconnected and alone and trapped and hopeless and desperate and we talk about what's missing maybe the church is what's missing or maybe the engagement in the church is what's missing maybe what covid did is it is it has taught us to step away from things maybe we've become less engaged because of covid and and rightly so we should be cautious we should be careful. We should wear masks and wash our hands. We should do all those types of things. But we should not fear. We should not be scared. Why? Because our God is still on the throne. And he's still in charge. I still have to do my part. But I'm not going to go outside the, the, the walls of my house and be scared for my life. Why? Because I pray every single morning that the Lord be with me. Amen. We have to guard our heart and guard our mind. We have to change our perspective from I'm just making it to it will all be worth it. And today I want to continue that thought about the mind and talk about a real emotion that can get our mind out of alignment with God. And I want to know to guard the mind, we have to know how to combat anxiety. So I want you to help me pray today. And ask that the Lord lead me to deliver this message. God, I can't do this without you. God, without the Holy Spirit working through me, I, I, I can't. The word is too heavy. I have felt such a heaviness this morning. Over people that need to hear this message. And God, anxiety, anxiety is a real issue. It's something that people fight every single day. And God, I'm asking that you use me today to deliver this word the way that you'd want me to. God, do with me what you do with Moses and be my mouth as I speak. God, I pray that for everybody in this room that you'd open up their minds to know, their ears to hear, and their eyes to see the truth of your word today. God, let this word become real to them. It's in your name I pray, amen and amen. I'm going to admit something to you um, um, today, uh, this morning, and I'll tell you very honestly that I love Jesus with all my heart. I do have him hidden in my heart. I read his word. I, I do all those things, and I, I know Jesus, but I still battle with overwhelming emotions of anxiety. I wish that wasn't the case, right? We all wish that that wasn't the case. 
And I don't know how anxiety would hit you or not, but in this kind of complicated season that we're in, I find myself often waking up real early into the morning and staying up real late at night with this massive just weight on my mind of all the responsibilities and things that I've got to do. I've got this ongoing checklist that just keeps growing and growing. And when one thing gets checked off, two things get added. And it's just a never-ending cycle of I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And when you overwhelm your mind like that, you get these these anxious thoughts to where, man, am I really cut out to do this? Am I really fit to be doing what you've called me to do? This massive weight, this workload, and, and my mind often locks in on all the responsibilities that I have. And I find myself in the middle of the night just trying to catch my breath and trying to calm my spirit and overcome this very real sense of panic. And it's an issue. And knowing what to do isn't the problem. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know that I'm supposed to pray. And I know that I'm supposed to give it to God. But it doesn't keep that emotion from getting out of my head and, and and I'm constantly battling just, what do I do next, God? There's 20 things on my list. God, prioritize it in my mind so that I know exactly what I need to do at the right time so that I can complete the mission that you have given me. And what the enemy does, what anxiety, is he clouds your mind to where you can't see clearly. He clouds it up. It's like a, it's like this, um, a fog that, that's just in your head to where you cannot focus. You can't concentrate. You can't really get what you need to do because you've got all these different things. You've got 20 things on your mind when God's saying, I want you to do just one. And anxiety clouds your judgment. There's many times, sometimes in the last couple weeks, where I've even looked at my wife and said, Megan, am I the right guy for this job? And I don't want you to get any thoughts. I've not thought about doing anything. This is my home. This is my church. I love this church, and I love what I do. But you can't tell me that nobody else in here has had those thoughts about what you do. Right? And if you feel that way, I, I, I hope it's okay that I do too. Because I'm human just like you are. And so there's days where I question, am I the right man for the job? Well, if I do this, they're going to say that. If I do this, they're going to say that. What do I do? Do I stay in, stay in the middle? And it's this, this, this anxiety that creeps in that almost causes you not to act in fear of what might be said. This isn't in my notes today, and my staff laughs at me because I never read what's really in my notes but the Lord just placed this on my heart. If God said act, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or says about what God told you to do. If God said to do it, then you by God better do it because we have to obey the word of God. Amen. So to be clear today, I love Jesus with everything that I have, but I still battle with anxiousness and Chances are some of you relate. Maybe even more this past year than ever before. Do you know that 2020 was the longest year in history? If you look at the days, they're all, they're all the same, but it's like 12 years in, in, in one. It was the longest year, I think, in the history. And the word 2020 has become an, an adjective in a lot of, um, um, uh, you know, in, in talks. You know, well, that's the most 2020 20 thing that I've ever seen. 
Or I can't believe what in the 2020 is that, right? And we say things like, like that because it, it was that type of year. And you say, Pastor, I'm just tired of talking about it. Can we stop talking about 2020? It's past and it's gone. Can I tell you that you cannot simply dismiss a problem and expect it to just go away? There are times where you cannot dismiss what's going on around you. You cannot dismiss reality and expect it to just disappear. Sometimes you have to say, God, I want to fight this battle head on and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it behind me. And, and anxiety falls into that character. I cannot, I can't just not deal with it and expect it to just leave. I have to say, God, I struggle with this and I need you right now more than ever before and to add to the anxiety of 2020 we have the economic fears and the um, racial tension and the and the um, political climate and biased news and a bunch of people posting these things online that they think might happen and they never do we combat all those things and I promise you it was like 12 years in one did you know, and these stats are just a couple months out, out of date, but I need you to hear this. In July of 2019, 8.2 adults said or admitted that they have anxiety. In July of 2020, um, 36% of adults said they struggle with anxiety. Did you see that? 8.2 to 36%, something last year caused people to be anxious. Wonder what that was. And I believe as much of a medical real issue as it is, it's also one that is waging war in the heavenlies. It is a battle of your mind and the enemy knows again how you tick. And the enemy knows how you operate. And the enemy knows what throws you off. So he said, you know what? That pastor down there at the Southern Hills Church of God, he gets all anxious when his mind gets cluttered with all the things that he's got to do. So you know what? I'm going to bring remembrance to his mind. All those 20 things that hadn't been done yet. Because I know if I can get him anxious and I can get him off track with what the Lord has called him to do, then I might just win the battle. We know because we've read the the Bible he doesn't win the war but that doesn't mean that he's not going to do everything he can to distract you in the moment we've got to guard our mind so that the enemy doesn't lay a stronghold do you know that anxiety is why some people are not in church today a fear that I might get sick you might get sick at the store you might get sick at the movies you might get sick at the, the, the ball game you can get sick anywhere but I'm not going to live in fear I'm going to stay cautious and be careful but I'm going to serve God anxiety is a real issue and people all over the world deal with it anxiety doesn't make you a bad person okay it's a topic that's so taboo, we don't like talking about it in church. Anxiety doesn't make you a bad person or even a messed up person. Guess what? If you have to take medicine because of anxiety, guess what? You're okay. You're normal. God, God made you perfect. Don't ever think that you're not and don't let the enemy put that thought in your mind. Anxiety can be emotional. 
Anxiety can be brought up because of the situation around you. Anxiety can be a spiritual battle. Anxiety can lead to many problems. It can lead to being insecure. It can lead to being critical because it's easier to complain than to handle the problem. Anxiety can lead to being obese, and that's hard for me to talk about because I struggle with that. Do you know what I do when I get anxious? I open the cabinet, and I grab snacks, right? (laughs) Amen. Anxiety can lead to loneliness and to being depressed. Anxiety can cause you to shut off from the world. And you know what the Bible says about an idle mind? It is the devil's playground. So don't you think that he wants you to be anxious and he wants you to to seclude yourself? Why? Because isolation is a tactic of the enemy. And he wants you all alone because he knows he might can just get you to give in to temptation if you're all by yourself and you don't think anybody's watching. Anxiety can cause us to um, develop bad habits because we don't know how to cope with the internal pain that we feel. And today I want to take it from a holistic approach. Meaning I, there's doctors that you can see, but today I want to deal with the Word of God and what the Word of God says, how we deal with anxiety. And I, I really want to take it a step more and I want to look how Jesus dealt with it. Jesus had anxiety? Well, he was human just like us. The Bible says that he was um, God in the what? Flesh. Meaning he had very real emotions. And I want to talk about that today. You know, anxiety is a lot like anger. The Bible never said anger was a sin. But the word of God does say, in your anger, do not sin. Even Jesus got angry. But he was a man that knew no sin. And I think we can put just anxiousness in the same category where if it says, in your anger, do not sin. In your anxiety, do not sin. Anger is not the sin. Anger can lead to sin. Anger is not the sin, okay? Just, just, just like anxiety is not the sin. It's just in the moment when you feel weakened, in that moment where you just feel like you're being attacked, don't let the attack or the emotion you feel in that moment deter you from the things of God. So how did Jesus respond? What's interesting is when Jesus felt anxious, you know what he did? He did, he did exactly what my eight-year-old does. He talks. And Aiden deals with it. He deals with it, and we, he gets to talking. And he talks, and he talks, and he talks, and he talks. to like, Aiden, Aiden, take a breath for just a minute, buddy. Let me talk. But he does. He talks, and he talks, and he talks because he feels like he just has to get it out. And in Mark chapter 14, I want to take you there. I want to show you how Jesus dealt with it too. And the number one thing you want to do when dealing with anxious thoughts or anxiety, the Bible said to talk to somebody. That's what Jesus did. Watch what it says. They went to a place, now the garden, 
The garden where they went to literally is means the crushing. Because that's what anxiety does. It crushes your spirit. It crushes you. And Jesus started talking to his friends. Watch what it said when they went to the garden. Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. So it goes on and it says that he took Peter, James, and John along with him. And began to be deeply distressed and troubled. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. The Son of God, Jesus, who was perfect and never sinned, was deeply distressed and troubled. I love how the Message Bible um, 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 says this, and it reads it as, he was plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. I want you to think about, and I want you for just a moment, feel those words. Feel the emotion of what Jesus is trying to say. I was plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. I wonder if anybody else has been in a place like that before. I know I've been there. This sinkhole of the heart beating, hard to catch your breath, sins of darkness and panic all around you. He sank into this dark hole of dreadful agony. Well, why did he do this? Because Jesus was God in the flesh and he knew the horror of what was about to come to him. Even though he was completely innocent, he was going to be arrested and then tortured and die by one of the most painful, completely humiliating ways possible to die. And even worse, Jesus was perfect perfect, knew no sin, and was about to become sin as the sacrifice for sins. So if you can imagine a man who's never sinned, who's always been in perfect communion with God, never did anything wrong or out of line, and he was going to become the sin, and you can name it today. He was going to become rape and abuse and hatred and violence and and racism and envy and lying and, and lust, and the list goes on, and Jesus was going to become those things, and the one who never sinned became sin and he was in such agony in such pain that he looked up into heaven and he said my God my God where are you where are you why am I here all alone why have you forsaken me can you feel the emotion that Jesus Christ was in And how many of us can relate and say, Pastor, I've been there. I've been there and I knew that he was the Lord of my life and I knew that he was my Savior. But that thing that happened to me, that emotion, that anxiety that came all over me, I said, God, why am I going through this? God, why am I dealing with this? And you might have even been like him and said, God, why have you left me? And in the middle of that sinkhole, In the middle of this emotional agony, watch the honesty that Jesus has with his friends. And I'm talking about the honesty we sometimes have with each other. Where we actually open up. Not the, hey, how you doing? Praise God, I'm doing great. Not the, hey, how's your day been? Glory to God, it's been wonderful. 
When really deep inside you're being tortured and you're in pain, but you don't want to open up to anybody. You don't want to talk to anybody because you're afraid of what somebody might think of you if you tell them what's really going on. What I'm talking about is Jesus was so honest that he said, let me tell you what's going on. I am hurting so bad that I don't think that I'm going to make it. I am in dreadful agony. And I'm telling you, body of Christ, that's what Jesus wants us to do. When you're going through that season where you don't feel like you could go on another day. When you're going through that season where the pain is too much for you to bear. He says, I want you to open up to somebody. And I want you to tell them how you really feel. Because I can't help you if I don't know what's really going on. And I can't be with you if you're not honest with me. And tell me what's really going on inside your head. Open up and tell me, God, I am in dreadful agony. And I need you right now. Jesus is talking to his closest friends. And he said, I need you more than I can describe. He talked to his friends. And in the middle of that sinkhole, when the enemy might have wanted him to just shut up, And not say a word, just deal with it, Jesus. Jesus said, no, I'm not going to isolate myself away from my friends. I'm going to tell them how I feel. Because I believe one of the biggest reasons that so many people deal with anxious thoughts or anxiety is because they lack community. And I want to say that again. People deal with anxiety more so than they should because they lack community. I honestly believe that. I honestly do. There's so many people that you feel unsettled. You're scared to death. You are um, a vul- you're, you're, you're just vul- you're, you're vulnerable to whatever the latest rumor of bad news is because you're lacking the godly, encouraging, uplifting, spiritual building of the community of the body of Christ. In fact, I'm guessing it's probably going to take years of research to look back on this COVID mess just to get an accurate picture of what quarantine has done to the emotional man. Because isolation is never a good thing. Open, open up. Talk to somebody. Even the beginning of the Bible. Go back to the very first book. The very first story. Adam was all by himself. And what happened? God said it's not good for man to be alone. So let me make you a companion. Because from the very beginning. God said it's not good to be by yourself. Do life together. Open up with each other. (laughs) Jesus. The incarnation. Which means what? Emmanuel, meaning God with us. In other words, God didn't just like shout his love from heaven, but he showed his love on earth and he came to be with us. It's the power of with. Did you know there's a power of with? I love it when people pray for me. It brings me so much joy to get a text and say, Pastor, I've been praying. But it gives me even more joy to say that somebody prayed with me. There's something about the power of with. There's something about the presence of God with your friends. (laughs) We have to be there with each other. So Jesus, the sinless son of God, says to his friends, I need you. He talks to them and he says, this is crushing me. I don't know if I can make it. 
Would you guys just sit here close to me? Will you pray for me? My soul is overwhelmed. I I feel like I can't make it. Please, please just pray for me. And I'm telling you this morning, if you're feeling anxiety in your mind, the first thing you got to do, do you want to know how to guard your mind? How to get rid of the anxious thoughts? Talk to somebody. Number two, you can talk to God. That's easy, right, Pastor? That's elementary preaching right there, but let me explain it. I don't know if this creates anxiety in you, but it does kind of me. When that red light goes off in your car, you guys ever get driving down the road and that check engine light just pops on? What's that do? What's going on now? And usually what, what it is, the check engine light, there's nothing wrong with the light. The light's working just like it should, but it's a signal that's alerting you that something is wrong with your car. Anxiety is, there's nothing wrong with somebody who's dealing with anxiety. All anxiety is, is the signal going off in your brain that I need to take something to God. It's the signal, it's that, it's that thing that God gave us to, 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 to say, bring it to me. Anxiety is a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. In fact, Paul said it like this. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything with what? Prayer. In prayer and petition, take your request to God. In everything. Why? Because if it's big enough to worry about, then it's big enough to pray about. What's on your mind? What's on your heart? Take it to God. If you're worried about your marriage this morning, pray about your marriage. If you're worried about your money, pray about it. If you're worried about somebody, pray about it. If you're worried about your job, pray about it. If you're worried about a choice you got to make because there's so many options that I can do, pray about it. If you're worried about your kids going back to school, pray about it. Pray to God because if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Take it to God in prayer. What's the Bible say? Um, He says, going just a little more. He fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me take this cup what did Jesus do he cried out to God and prayed that if it's possible that the hour might pass if there's any other way that God let's 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 do it that way right God I really don't want to do it this way God I'm feeling so anxious right now I've got this 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 mindset God that I'm, I'm just I'm hurting I'm beaten up and I'm in agony and I'm in pain over what's going on God if it's possible take this cup from me please I don't want to suffer this way I don't want to suffer like this Here's what I love about Jesus' prayer. It's just, it's honest. It wasn't memorized because I think one of the largest mistakes that we make as parents is to teach our kids memorized prayers. What Jesus did not do was saying, God is great, God is good. 
He said, no, God, I'm going to tell you how I really feel right now. God, this real emotion that I'm dealing with, that I'm struggling and I'm hurting. And God, I'm telling you, if it be possible, take this cup from me. Peter said, cast your cares upon him. Why? For he cares for you. Jesus cares about you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross to forgive you of your sin. So do you think that if he cares for somebody so much that he'd send his only son to die, then it's okay for you to just be honest with him every once in a while pray to God Jesus said hey if we can do it another way my soul is being crushed I know what's coming God and I don't like it if there's any other way God I'm begging you if it's two o'clock into the morning and you can't sleep if you've got shortness of breath, if you feel like the world's closing in, talk to your spiritual friends. Talk to them and let them love on you. Let them encourage you. But take a minute right where you are and take it to God in prayer. Because only he can uncloud what's really going on. Number one, talk to your friends. Number two, talk to God. Number three, I'm going to close in just a moment. You've got to talk to your emotion. Now, what do you mean, Pastor? We are sometimes a product of our emotional state in that moment. We become angered because we're angry inside. Don't do that. If I go with my emotions, it might get bad sometimes. We're emotional people. Have you heard anybody say the crazies came out in um, 2020? <laughs> don't, don't sit there like you hadn't heard it. Why? It's because the circumstances heighten our emotional state. And when we allow the emotions of our heart and mind to control that, if we allow the anger and the anxiety to control it, our words and our actions go with it. If we don't give it to God, if we don't let him take it, if we don't let him take over and we don't take it to him, then we're going to allow our words and actions to dictate something contrary to what the scripture says. Don't listen to your emotion. Guard your mind. You are not your emotion. Your emotion is real. Your emotions are important, but your emotions are not always true. So what do you do? You tell your emotion. You don't get to, to, to lead me. You don't get to control my words. You don't get to control my actions. I might be anxious in the moment but I'm giving it to God and I'm not going to let my mindset control what comes out of my mouth but rather I will only allow God to do that amen tell your emotion just because I feel this way doesn't mean I have to be this way what, what did the Bible say after he said if, every, every, if everything is possible for you God take this cup from me but then he talked to his emotion when he said, yet not what I will, but what you will. Do you see that? He said, take this cup for me. That's what I want. But, but then I'm going to tell my mind, I'm going to speak to that emotion. Yet God, it is not me, but it's you working in me. So even though this is how I feel, I'm saying, God, whatever you want is what I'll do. Speak to the emotion. Tell it the truth. Because whenever you start to feel, well, maybe God doesn't love me. You say, no, the truth is God is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. 
whenever you feel like I'm all alone and nobody cares, no, God's given me the right people at the right time and God said he'd never leave me. When, when you said that I just don't know that if I'm going to make it with money, there's too much month at the end of my money, you say, no, he will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. Whenever you feel like you just can't go on, you tell your anxiety, no, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And there's nothing because I am not a loser, but rather the Bible says I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the words of my testimony. There is nothing that God cannot do through me. So when you're anxiety tries to get the best of you quote scripture against it and say not in this house but rather I will serve the Lord not my emotion so here's what we have to do to guard my heart I have to align my heart with his to guard my mind I have to align my mind with what I know God said let that sink in Because if in a moment you feel like what you see isn't what God said, you begin to get anxious and and begin to question, did God really say that? And you let your emotions get to the best of you. To align your heart, to guard your heart, align it with His. But to guard your mind, align it with what I know God said. God said anxiety is a, is a reality. It, 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 it probably might happen to somebody in this room. Anxiety is not the problem. But it cannot control you. But God, I'd rather put my hope and trust in you. My hope and my trust is in you. What did Jesus do? He talked to his friends. He talked to God and he talked to his anxiety. And guess what? It worked. It worked. (laughs) Think about it. What did Jesus do? He was in the garden, almost unable to stand under the weight of, of soul crushing anxiety. He talked to his friends, he talked to God, he talked to himself. And when the soldiers came to arrest him, when they beat him mercilessly, when he faced an unjust trial and was executed with excruciating pain and the shame and the humiliation on the cross, what did he do? He said, no man takes my life. He was resolute. He was strong. He had faith. He was determined. He was unshakable. He said, no one takes my life. I choose to lay it down. Did you hear that? It was his mindset that overcame his anxiety. When he was hanging on the cross and the creation was at its worst, mocking and spitting upon the creator, God in the flesh, Jesus looked up into heaven and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm not going to allow my anxiety in the moment to dictate what comes out of my mouth and what I do with my hands. But rather, God, no man can do this to me. I choose to lay my life down. 
And what is God saying to us today? Your anxiety doesn't have to control you, but rather the God in heaven, if we give it to him, to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. God can take it. God can take it. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. Watch what happens. And I'm done. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And at the very same thing that Jesus felt in the garden, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. With all eyes closed and all heads bowed, there's somebody here today, maybe even multiple, that needs the peace of God. If you need that peace today because you've been dealing with anxiety, would you slip your hand up? Nobody's watching but me. Would you raise your hands? One, two, three.